Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, Farmer Fam. Today, during episode three, season two of The Reason for Race, we will be talking about this new book I'm starting to read. Born a Crime is about a mixed kid named Trevor Noah. Sorry. It's about a mixed kid named Trevor Noah that was born during apartheid in South Africa, where it is illegal to be mixed. He had to grow up through prejudices against him being part being part black and obstacles like not having a father figure and learning the importance of language. Trevor also learns from his from his mother as she is as she is this fearless woman that uses Christ to guide her through apartheid. This brings me to my underlying question from this book. How does Christianity serve as such a huge factor in the lives of South Africans? Now as reading Born of Crime I came across this quote I eventually decided black people were more, needed more time with Jesus because we suffered more. Wow. Like just wow. Reading this really stunned me because of how much how much sense it really makes. Let me start from the beginning. When Europeans colonized Africans, then they first they enslaved them and the first thing they did after that was force them force Christianity on them. Ever since then, just about most of of the black population is Christian. Christianity has also has always been a big part of the black community. Shoot, it's been a big part of my life. I've been surrounded by church ever since I can remember, and I've always I've always been surrounded by the black church, and I've always seemed to realize how black church usually goes on longer than a white church seems to go on. And it even says that in the book. Trevor Noah states how. When he goes to a black church first on Sunday, he usually takes two to three hours, but when he used to go to a white church on Sunday with his mother, it would usually only take um, take around just one hour. This brings me into my second quote that I came across. The devil doesn't want us to go to church. Sometimes Jesus puts obstacles in your way to see if you overcome them. Black South Africans believed apartheid was just an obstacle set in by Jesus to test their faith. They know that they can overcome it by just going to church, worshiping, and asking asking for their troubles to go away. They and they will go to extreme measures doing anything they can just to make it to church. I can relate this to myself because as a kid I've always gone to church, always had to go. And even days when I didn't really want to go, or I didn't feel like getting up earlier, didn't feel like going, my mother would always tell me, no, come on, get up. It's a routine. Every Sunday, we got to go to church. Even now, during this quarantine, Sunday mornings, tired, online school, don't feel like doing it. Don't feel like going to online church. I feel like waking up. Want to play video games? No. Doesn't matter. Even though, this is especially this time right here with COVID going on, you gotta go to church. You gotta keep your faith going. You gotta stay in there. And then after this, I found a a quote in this book that really that really just jumped out at me. It reads right here: "Regret is what we should fear because failure is an answer." Let me read that. Let me read that one more time. Regret is what we fear. 
but failure is our answer. This just means when you live life, live life with no regrets. What, what are you regretting for? Failure just means you are just that close, so much closer to success. See, I've heard this quote before, you know, in my basketball life. I even used to have this quote on my wall in my room. And it's uh, Michael Jordan said, I'd fail over and over again. But because of that, that's why I succeed. I will fail over and over again. And that's the exact reason why I succeed. You will ne- see, you will never succeed in life more than you will fail in life. You, you have to fail in order to be able to succeed. And just regret, regret holds you back from that. Regret, regret makes you scared, scared of failure, but failure is really what you need to become successful. Like with track, I just started doing track this year, didn't know about it, didn't think I'll be that good at it. And I was, I was thinking, what if I regret running this? What if I regret, what if I regret doing it? But what's the point in letting regret hold you back and doing something that you might have a little bit of interest in doing? So, you know, try it out, try it out this season, and turns out I'm, I'm really good at it. Like, it's my first year going at it, and I'm already about to be competing in regionals, maybe even state this year. But I can even, I can like this stuff like Trevor Noah, like, in his book, talks about how he's going through all these obstacles, he, he's been through the worst, he's sometimes going home, no food to eat, they couldn't afford anything, no money. Talk about his mom's Volkswagen, it was all broken down. He's He's been, been held back. He's been in the, the lowest, the bottom. But he doesn't regret it, because look at his life now. Comedian, all-time African, African-American great. Like, look at the awards he's put in. He was just hosting the Grammys. Like, all this, I wouldn't even say failure, just but all that failure has brought him up to where he is right now. And this is bringing me to a real world, a real world, a real world situation. Now I'm coming to this next quote right here. It says, "They were ready to do me violent harm until they felt we were part of the same tribe, and then we were cool." Language, even more than color, defines who you are to be. Now, I have a, I have a story to reflect this. So. When I was in maybe middle school, started middle school, we used to go to this um, this black camp, this black church camp, you know. And it was, let me say, about 95, 96% African American. Now, when we, were, when we went to our cabins to stay in, we had about nine black people, including me. We had this one white kid. Now, over the few days, we didn't really, we didn't really talk to the, we didn't really talk to the kid. We didn't really include him in anything. But then one day, one day we heard, we heard him, we heard him speak, and he was talking. Let me say more like us. Like he, he had an accent. He was talking to us about how he lived in downtown Atlanta. He'd been the same place we've been. But he, the most important thing is he had the same accent as us. He talked the same way as us. And that, 
and that led us to become more closer to him, like add, add him into our group, even even with us. And that that makes you realize how language can really just divide people. It can either bring people together because you feel like you're alike, or it can break you apart because you feel like you're different. That even goes into the part of Asian hate right now that's going on. It just happened a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago. Some people feel as if, oh, you don't speak our language, you're not supposed to be here, you're not supposed to be in our country, you're not supposed to be around us. But that just shows how strong language is and how it doesn't even have to. Language is more, to people, language is more important than race now because it gives you a sense of feeling together or feeling alike.